This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 107. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host to the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my freshly relaxed friend, Mr. I spent a week and a half in Hawaii, Brandon <laughs> Turner. I what did. up, Brandon? Hello. It's good to be back. First day back. It's always Aloha. A, Aloha. It's always a depressing day, your first day back from vacation. But today's been good, though. Today's been good. 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 Yeah. Well, I hope you had a good trip. Did you guys do anything exciting in Hawaii? I rented a moped. That was cool. And yeah. kind of sailed around the southern part of the island. And I looked at real estate because I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> wait, I found, wait a wait I know. vacation. Right? I know. I know. We, well, I didn't like go into any places. So we just like, you know, every time we drive around the island or whatever, we see one of those like, you know, realtor boxes that you can go and grab one of the flyers yep. every time I had to grab it. So I found like a duplex for like 900,000, like right on the ocean on the opposite side of the island. And I'm like, I could live in that little one bedroom unit on the bottom, you know, the, the, the mother-in-law apartment and rent the top out as a vacation rental. So who Let's knows? Do Let's, Let's do, do it. it. You can rent the top out. Bigger pockets will fund I'm, it. I love I'm it. Looking forward to <laughs> spending the weekend there when you buy it. All right, we're doing it. Anyway, cool, other than that, yeah, it was a good week. It was a good vacation away, and now I'm back. So if anybody emailed me or PM'd me in the last week, sorry, <laughs> I'll get back to you. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. It's, it's good to have you here. All right. Well, the year is moving along nicely, and we are as well here at Bigger Pockets. Uh, today, we have a quick tip that we are super excited about. Today's super. quick tip <laughs> is we are proud to <laughs> announce after. <Drum> <laughs> All right, so we've been talking about this thing since the beginning of last year, and we we put up the coming soon. Well, yeah. soon is here. Soon is relative in the in the whole distance of the universe. There you it go, was soon. it was pretty soon. There you go. It was it was pretty soon. But today, uh, we are excited to announce the launch of the Bigger Pockets wholesaling calculator. And uh, this thing came together after lots and lots of work. Uh, we collaborated with lots of folks: uh, Anson Young, Jay Scott. Uh, a bunch of other people, and and we really, really appreciate all their feedback and input in, in making this happen. And really, the the guy that was instrumental behind it was Brandon. And it's awesome. It's awesome. Oh. Yes. No, you, Brandon. <laughs> you don't have to look behind you. I'm talking about I, you. I, I spent, me and Anson went out to lunch, and we spent like two hours brainstorming this thing back like last year. So yeah. hey, Anson was the brainchild behind this. But yeah. It's, uh, it's exciting to be out there. So here's what's cool about it. There's a couple things that I, I like a lot that when we designed it, it's more, it's bigger than the rental property calc or the, uh, whole, the flipping calc in that there's a little bit more you can do with it because wholesaling is a little bit more complicated in that you need to be able to sell to a flipper or to a landlord. So you could actually work backwards, just like a wholesaler works backwards. This calculator actually works backwards. You start with the ARV, you work backwards to discover how much you should pay for a property. So if you're looking to get started with wholesaling or I mean, you could use this for flipping just as easily uh, oh, yeah. or, or buy and hold. But if you're looking to get, you know, get started, you're not sure how much you should offer on a property, you can work backwards. And with the rental side of it, you can actually put in like a, uh, after, I mean, a, a yield, a return on investment, an ROI. Like what does your uh, landlord want to get an ROI of? And you can actually base the, get a final number based on that. So anyway, I'm pretty happy with it. I, I love it. I use it on my own stuff now all the time just for analyzing anything because it's my favorite calculator we've done yet. So yep. check it out. Yep. And where do they find it? Biggerpockets.com slash Calc, C-A-L-C. All of the nice. calculators are there and you can get specifically to the wholesaling one on biggerpockets.com slash Calc. So check Fabulous. it out. Good stuff. All right. Well, this is show 107 of the Bigger Pockets podcast and you can check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash 107. Uh, really, really quickly before we get into this, if you are listening to the show and you have not yet left us a rating or review on iTunes. We really, really ask that you go ahead and do that. Uh, those ratings and reviews are extremely helpful for folks who are exploring their podcasting options. And when they see what you think about our show, it certainly helps motivate them to jump on. So please check out, uh, you, you can find the link on any of our show notes and just go to iTunes and find the Bigger Pockets uh, show and leave us a rating and review. That would be extremely helpful. All right. All right, so let, let's bring him on. Today's right. guest. Jonathan Makovsky. Jonathan is a Miami-born 
man who has moved up to the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, tri-state area. And uh, he's a he's a relatively new investor. But the cool thing, this is not necessarily a newbie podcast. We we get into some some pretty cool things. Uh, Jonathan's got some great tips. He's he's wholesaled. He's flipped. He's worked with partner. He's he's doing all sorts of great stuff. And and uh, um, I, I think there's a, a lot of great advice in here. So pay attention. I know Brandon wants to chime in and. Well, uh, yeah, I was, was going to say, the thing I liked about the show most uh, was that, and I talk about this in the show later on, but most beginners lose money in their first deal or two. But he went out and together with a partner made almost $50,000 on their first flip. And then they wholesaled a deal right after that. And now they're, then they did a buy and hold and a, uh, looking at a commercial property. Like the first few deals, he's just like right out the gate is just rocketing. And I love to see that. And uh, he's got some good tips on how you can do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's key. I mean, I think those were extremely important to listen to for anybody, you know, regardless of how experienced you are. So, so yeah. definitely stay tuned. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high tech sensors that detect break ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24 7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Finding rental property insurance has been a headache for the past few years. You know the feeling. You're scrambling, calling 20 different insurance agencies in a dozen different cities, struggling to protect your portfolio at the right cost. But I'm going to tell you a little secret that'll change everything. Veteran investors don't go through the everyday insurance companies. They just use NREG. NREG, that's N-R-E-I-G, provides insurance solely for real estate investors. They've built the largest insurance program in the country for residential tenant-occupied, vacant, and renovation properties. The best part? You can put all your properties on one insurance schedule and one monthly bill. And you can add, change, or remove properties without having to cancel one policy and purchase another. They insure properties from single-family rentals, up to 20-unit multifamily dwellings, vacation rentals, mobile homes, condos, and more. Trade catchy jingles for cash flow with insurance made for investors. Visit nreg.com slash bppod to request a proposal. N-R-E-I-G dot com slash B-P-P-O-D. Well, with that, why don't we bring him on? All right, Jonathan, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you here. Hey, great being here, Josh. Great being here, Brandon. Thank you. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on. This is going to be fun. I'm uh, I'm excited to talk about your story because I, I, I know I've been kind of following you. We've been hanging out online for a couple of years now, you and I, or a year now. I don't know, something like that. And uh, yeah, I don't actually know your whole story. So uh, today, let's get into it. Um, yeah. We're looking yeah. Forward to it. And thank you in advance for showing up during the middle of the biggest blizzard in the history of uh, New York. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> dedication to the listeners. Dedication. 
Yeah, well, to be determined, the media likes to hype this stuff up, so we'll see what happens. Gets good ratings for him. That it does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Well, so I don't know much about you. I know you and Brandon have been uh, chit-chatting for a bit. Uh, so let's let's just start with the beginning. What, you know, who are you? How did you get into real estate? Tell us kind of your, your background here. Sure. Well, the funny thing is, I'll just fast forward and then rewind for a second. I would be on the podcast with probably without without the BP podcast. Um, I'll, I'll go back and explain kind of how that all that ties in. Uh, I'm a CPA by trade. I started at one of the big four accounting firms and then went to another big financial institution as a CPA in their real estate group. Uh, worked there. Wasn't so much. I mean, the, the both firms were fantastic, uh, but I was stuck behind an Excel spreadsheet all day, uh, 12, 13 hours a day, and it uh, wasn't my speed. Um, at the time, I figured, hey, you know what? If I'm going to be miserable my whole life, let me be miserable and uh, make a lot more money. So I applied to law school. <laughs> nice. Really? I figured combine a JD CPA and uh, you know, maybe that'll do something better for me. Um, fortunately, uh, once I got accepted to law school, I gave notice uh, to the company I was working. And uh, this was back in January 2010. And my brother-in-law was uh, starting out a restaurant. So he figured, hey, well, you know, we're both talking. He said, why, why don't you come work for me until you start law school? And I figured, hey, that's a great idea. I loved what I was doing. It wasn't necessarily the food per se, but being an entrepreneur and being out there and making things happen in a, you know, kind of new establishment. So worked with him and uh, told law school, you know, thank you very much for the acceptance, but I'm not going. Uh, from there, went to a, uh, my friend's father started to go packaging company in the quick service restaurant space. And they had no sales in the US. And it was kind of like, hey, why don't you come and just try to make things happen. So it really gave me, and uh, they, they were actually not in the country working here. So it was really wearing, for me, wearing a lot of different hats. My primary role was sales, but also was doing a lot of pitching to help raise money, uh, doing the accounting and really everything else that's needed to run a business. I was helping them out. And um, it was fantastic. We were growing. We you know got a lot of big accounts. Uh, but at the end of the day, it wasn't my business. And I really one, you know, and I really wanted something of my own. So I looked at a lot of different businesses, laundromats and things in the health uh, care industry. And my mom kept pushing me to real estate. Uh, I always figured, you know, to get in real estate, you really need to, you know, have be your family needs to be in real estate or, you know, you need to have a lot of money to get in real estate. So I didn't know how to really transition. And I, at the time I didn't, this is a uh, summer of 2013. I had not yet found bigger pockets. Uh, so I knew about valuations just from my uh, financial background. So, you know, my mom's like, hey, just go check out buildings, just go check things out. And so I was like, all right. So I was looking at different things, looking at things in the Bronx. Everyone's saying, oh, the Bronx is going to explode just like Brooklyn's exploding. It's the next big place. You can't get in the city. So I was looking at things and I'm like, these valuations are just through the roof. You know, people aren't accounting for vacancies, people aren't accounting for CapEx. I, I, so um, before I found BP, and I love the suggestion of, you know, kind of going outside, you know, go within a 60 to 100 mile range of places to look. And that's kind of the strategy that I was employing. I was going to Connecticut. I was going to Pennsylvania. I was going to Jersey. And um, I was doing this for some time and, you know, figuring, hey, at some point I'll, I'll hit it. Uh, November of 2013, uh, a friend of mine was saying, hey, did you I, he kind of told me about the BP podcast and I was looking, I still wasn't finding any deals again. No, no deals were really coming back that to me made sense. Um, but on the ways, wherever I travel, I'd be listening to the BP podcast and I figured, you know, I can make a go of this. So a year ago, almost to date, uh, somewhere January, uh, 2014, uh, I gave notice to the company. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to make real estate a full-time go. I felt with BP and, uh, you know, despite some of the advice that uh, a lot of people say, hey, don't quit your job until you know. <laughs> it's not my fault, by the way. <laughs> well, Blame, I, it okay. Brandon. Blame it on somebody. It's not my fault. Hold I tell on. everyone to quit their job. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think it's great advice. And, you know, one, one thing that I've kind of learned is, you know, uh, uh, just a little side tip here. You know, you, you can't listen to all the advice that everyone says. You know, everyone's situation is different. Everyone's situation is personal. Um, you know, I, I was just listening to actually the podcast uh, with uh, Mike. Um, uh, Sumsky. Sumsky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So last week, I, I listened to all 106, and then I think I'm about nice. a third of the way through the listening to them a second time ago around. That's awesome. Uh, uh, they're great. Oh, um, yeah, you guys sound slow. I usually listen to you about 20% uh, faster. <laughs> than- <laughs> 
That is funny. I do that too a lot. And I, I, we, we made that a quick tip back a long time ago, and maybe I'll rehash it here, that if people want to listen to the podcast but want to get through it quicker, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, you can do a like uh, faster speeds when you listen to it, and you can get going pretty good. So anyway, yeah. quick tip. Anyway, all right. So you were saying you were listening to the podcast, driving around, uh, learning stuff, and... And not coming across deals. So doing a lot of stuff. And I uh, actually, I, I was getting engaged in bigger pockets. Again, listening to the quick tips that, you know, you guys would always I'm engaged say. engaged to bigger pockets, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we got married and. Engaged you know. on bigger pockets. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, oh, I see. Anyway. Okay. So Thanks, you, Josh. yeah. <laughs> All right. So you were. Yeah, you were listening, getting involved uh, because of and, the quick and, tips, and and, and not and not discriminating. You know, only listening to the buy and hold uh, podcast, even though that's what I was really looking to do. Because you know, for me, flipping was and wholesaling was so be beyond what I thought I can do. And I also networked with um, with a lot of people in BP, but one of them, uh, who's now my partner, him and I were sitting down to breakfast one morning in Connecticut. He's been there for a while. He has a few smaller multis and, uh, we, you know, I was just talking, Hey, George, I said, what's, you know, you know, how are you doing with your investing? Are you looking at deals? And he said, they're trying to look at a state and find different things, but it's not working. And his investor group shy to pull the trigger and just talking more. And I found out his background's GC. And I said, that's interesting. I said, did you ever consider flipping? I've, you know, kind of been learning all about it through the BP podcast. And he's like, yeah, you know, I kind of I kind of thought about it, but never really pulled the trigger. I said, look, I got my license in real estate. I said, you know, would you consider maybe let's, you know, give it a go. And he said, sure, we could try it out. You know, we so we started slow. And this I, I want to say it goes to this is about end of February or March of 2014, so somewhere around somewhere around that time period, and we were taking it really slowly. Uh, about it, you know, we were kind of looking at, you know, just going. I had my real estate license, so we didn't need to wait on anyone else. I was able to just go to any house that you know I wanted to. Um, also, it was part of a great brokerage that kind of gave me some places. Hey, you know, go here. Don't go, you know what I mean? Go to this area. This area is hot. This area is not, you know, really, really guided me along the way. Uh, and so, but again, we were doing about, this is March, April. I think uh, I, March and April, we were still weren't finding any deals. We were doing sometimes about 12, 15 houses a day, just going through wow. looking at our. That, well, I was going to say, um, not to like cut you off there, but like you, you mentioned something there that's really important that maybe we can touch on now, maybe we can talk about later. I don't know. But the idea of you were looking at 12 to 15 houses a day and you said you had your license at this point, right? Correct. So there's, there's a good reason why you shoot your license, right? Because a normal real estate agent probably isn't going to show you 12 to 15 houses a day while you go out and search for a good That's deal. great point. Absolutely. Oh, I, yeah, and, I, and, I, and that was one of the... I, I, so I had taken the real estate course in New York. I had to take some more hours because they added some more since I took it last. Um, and I got my license. Actually, um, in the middle of this, I read Jay Scott's book, the book on flipping houses, which total life changer for me. And nice. he talked... He talked about the advantages of having a real estate license, and that was one of them. Just really being able to plow through deals, and you know, we'd go and make tons of offers. I was able to write my own offers, you know, deal because we disregarded the we disregarded the list price when we would offer because otherwise we couldn't make money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So finally, after again not coming across any deals, George and I said, you know what? I said I've been learning all about these direct mail marketing campaigns from the podcast. Maybe we can give that a go. <laughs> So we did a few home cooked uh, um, direct mailers. The first one was kind of uh, was kind of a dud. We got some responses, but I also didn't know what to do when I, you know, when the sellers called me and picked up the phone, and you know, uh, so we kind of let it go. We redid the uh, mailers back in May. I think it was second, first or second week of May of last year, and the responses were through the roof. We were getting a, a lot of tire kickers, but um, you know, we got a ton of responses in every deal. And I don't know if this was a Jerry Puckett tip or one of the other, you know, great people on the podcast, you know, just, you know, be persistent and just keep following up. And I had their phone numbers. So it was just easy. And I was just, Hey, you know, will you sell, will you sell, will you sell? Finally, we got one, we got one of the people and he's like, you know, can you bring your number up a little bit and we're ready to go. So we reran the numbers. I went back to the brokerage, which going back to having a real estate license and one of the advantages, um, I'm also able to leverage off my brokers and they'll give me undivided attention because, you know, they, they know I'm kind of a go-getter and they also, they're getting a piece of every pie that I'm doing without really doing too much work. Yep. So, and kind of to your book, Brandon, uh, which was fantastic about partnership. Uh, that's one of the partnerships I, I don't hear too many people talk about. Um, but being associated with a good brokerage, someone that's going to kind of 
you know, show you and kind of, you know, mentor you without mentor, without really taking too much of their time. Uh, that was a really good partnership that I had. So we were kind of able to narrow down our ARV a lot better. And we still stayed conservative. I just, you know, still hung around the more conservative side. So we, on July 1st of last year, we b- purchased the property for uh, $154,000. Okay. okay. Uh, where, where, where was this? This was in Trumbull, Connecticut. Okay. Trumbull, okay. Connecticut. I don't even know where and that I'm, is. And I'm going to roll back a, a quick second. Man, you say we're slow because you listen at 20%. I'm going to have to <laughs> slow down this recording because you talk fast, man. Holy Moses. I love the energy. Wow. All right. So the Bronx, really, really quickly. I've got a good friend. Uh, he's been investing for, for a long time. He started up in Harlem, moved over to the Bronx. Uh, definitely is not as hot as Brooklyn. Brooklyn's insane, absolutely <laughs> crazy. But the Bronx is—it's a—it's a great place that's starting to come up, and it's—it's. It's, um, there's definitely I, the chance for opportunities. But like you said, I love that. You're patient. You're patient. You're patient. You're not going to dive in and just buy anything because you're desperate to do it. And for those people who are listening, I, I think it's really, really important to understand that it's so easy. To, to get caught up in this, you know what? I'm going to skip the fundamentals. I'm going to bypass the numbers because I can't find a deal right now. Well, then you can't find a deal right now. Set your criteria, look somewhere else. Keep looking until you find one within your, your little dome, your little farm and go with that. But, you know, don't, don't change your criteria and, and bend so that you can make it work because that's the fastest way to screw yourself. So I, I really love that. Anyway, I just wanted to kind of get that in. I tried to get it in about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> like I said, you talk, you talk fast. Too fast for me, man. All right. So, so you're in on this first deal. You paid 150K. You got, or what was it again? 100? Yeah, 154. Paid 154. Um, really, George, you said, was your partner, yeah? Yes. Okay. Wh- where'd you find George? We're, we're going to get to this deal really quickly, but, but where'd you find this guy? George and I met on Bigger Pockets. Um, okay. What? I think I think I mentioned that uh, I was uh, looking at a few primarily multifamily deals before. That was kind of really the space that I wanted to play on. Figure, hey, it's a lot more of a recession-proof kind of product to have, and um, couldn't find anything. And you know, I, I you know was on what there was one deal that we the seller and I agreed on a price, and I was going through my due diligence list at the time. I was on Bigger Pockets, and uh, George had posted one of his forum posts. He was in Connecticut due diligence checklist, so I emailed him. Just had some questions about it, so we kind of just chatted loosely. And uh, like I said, I think this was in November of, of 2013. And then I reached back out to him when I wasn't finding deals. And I you know, was just kind of asking him his experience and where he's looking in, in Connecticut to pick up properties because I know he has some. And he said he couldn't have. Uh, he, he said he wasn't finding any. So George and I, uh, so I messaged George and said, hey, would you want to sit down and just grab coffee one morning and just yeah. talk about things? Do you have any, awesome. uh, you know, do you have any recommendations for people? Cause I get that question a lot. Like, how do I find a partner on bigger pockets? How do I use bigger pockets to find somebody to work with? I, I mean, in your experience now, do you have any recommendations that people can, can do? Yeah. What, one, one of the best advices that I had when I was looking at a lot of different businesses was just talk to everyone and anyone. And I know you guys speak a lot about that. Uh, you know, for me, I, I always, when we're looking at a property, um, I always, you know, if there's a neighbor or there's a mailman nearby, I always go, I, I'm not too shy. So I'll always go and say, Hey, what? what's the deal with this house? <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. It's smart. I mean, that, that, that is an incredible oh, yeah. tip right there because, I mean, sometimes guys like the mailmen, they know more about the neighborhood than even the people that live there a lot of times do. You know, they oh, see, yeah. and they see, you know, the, I don't know. I mean, they see they everything. They see the mail. They see the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're yeah, supposed they, to really know what's happening in the mail. They, 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 they get an idea. Do, right. Yeah, so yeah. you never know who's gonna who's gonna be the bright guy. So anyway, I think that's good advice. Anything else you want to add on that? Like, uh, well, ju- well, just on that to further that, you know, you also never know kind of when you speak to people kind of down the line when you're going to go and, and have uh, speak to them again. I've had so many times recently, I, I actually something, uh, I don't know if we'll get to this, but there's a deal in Boston I didn't end up doing, but I, uh, I don't know how to make this long story short. We'll probably be the end of this part. <laughs> Wait, can, we, can we come back to it after we Absolutely. get to the flip? Because yep. I, I, I know we still want to get to the flip. I know people listening want to get to the flip. And I know you were going somewhere, but what, why don't we kind of go in some kind of order? Because I think I think <laughs> you got some energy, boy. All right, let, let's one fifty four. 
Right. All right, I'm going to cut back. We're at 154. We got this flip. You picked it up. What on earth, you know, did it did it take to rehab? How'd that first experience go? I'm assuming George led the way as the GC and uh, just kind of walk us through the process quickly. And then let's kind of uh, crank out what, what the numbers look like uh, through and through. I just going to rewind first for one quick second here about before, <laughs> before, before, before the purchase, just one quick tip. We were going sure. through, we had an inspector come do it because George, like I said, he, his dad was a GC. He's been about, he's been around the industry. He's not a general contractor. So we did have an official GC do, you know, do our jobs. But again, he's, you know, he, he has all the contacts in the industry to kind of, you know, lead the way. Uh, but we did get an inspector. We, we did feel comfortable with our purchase price. And, uh, one of the things that the inspector saw was a, an oil tank underground. And uh, that, you know, that was something, again, researched through BP. And that was one of the big things and just really, you know, got to express to a lot of the people out there. I mean, you could be starting way in the red even before if, if there's some spillage in the oil tank. Uh, we had to remove it with the fire marshal. So uh, kind of, you know, right before our inspection period ended, I called the seller and just said, hey, look, you know, we, we just can't do this deal. There's just way too much risk involved before the tank is pulled. And I said, look, we'll pull the tank. We'll pull the tank for you. We'll pay the money if the deal goes through through. Uh, we'll just add that to the purchase price because originally we agreed on a 151 purchase price. And so he pulled it. Everything came out clean. But I, I just think that that might be a good tip for anyone wanting to get involved because if that if that leaks, you could be looking at a five ten thousand dollars excavation. But if it goes to the foundation of the house, I mean, you could be looking at a six-figure excavation to get yeah. rid, of, rid of the oil. And those oil tanks, I mean, that's pretty common back home. We had one at my house growing up in Long Island. It's I I, I don't know exactly where it's typical, but I I know it's it's a New York thing for sure. Interesting. I um, didn't even know that. Yeah. Hey, and and the town that you purchased in, where exactly is it as it pertains to Manhattan? So we are just outside. Uh, we're in Riverdale in the Bronx. This is about fifty miles from where I am. Uh, so it's, it takes me an hour to get there. So you're telling me, I, because you know I'm on the Bigger Pockets podcast. Forty thousand people are going to be listening to this. Fifty, a hundred, whatever it is. You're telling me that New York City, Manhattan, like one of the most expensive places on planet Earth to buy real estate, within fifty miles of where you are, you were able to buy a property for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and an excellent town too. There you go. So if you guys are listening. You cannot complain anymore that I can't find deals where I live because there's always deals. Yep. Absolutely. Love it. All right. Keep going. Keep going. 150, you ended up buying the 154. You ended up paying the extra because he removed the tank. Correct. Yep. Okay. 154. Yep. It was yep. 151 plus a three grand for the tank removal. Okay. Um, and so we're, so we're at 154. Uh, we went in, uh, we, we, George and I had, I think, uh, we put about uh, 25 each into the deal and we had raised private money for the rest. Okay. Um, and so we had, uh, so this was July 1st. HUD statement was pretty simple. And we projected uh, five months to do it. And we were kind of going back and forth how we should do the rehab. We had projected $93,000 of a rehab cost. And we overshot that. We went to 134. Wow. So you, yeah. wait, so you were predicting 90 something. You went to 134. That's, yep. a, big, uh, That's a big, big over, change. Which is fairly common for people's first flips. But yeah. um, I, get, I mean, how did that turn out then? So we, we, we changed a couple of things, uh, with the flip. Uh, we, the, the way it was, it was, uh, it was a, a, uh, on a town record, it was a four bed, two bath, including the finished basement downstairs, although the finished basement was never permitted. So, um, but there was, so there's no master bathroom. And the only way we could fit a master bath in there, which we wanted to put in again, speaking to the brokers that we leveraged off of was to change the entrance to the home. So we changed the entrance to the home. We opened up all the walls to make it an open floor concept. And the funny thing is, so we went 41, we overshot our, our rehab budget by 41,000. Again, that was due to opening walls, putting the master bath in, uh, changing the entrance. Had it, once we, once we opened up the walls, which, you know, for new rehabbers out there, just be aware. I mean, we had to bring up everything, you know, all the insulation to code, all the electric to code. Uh, that was a big nut for us that we didn't. It's a great uh, tip, by in. the way. So, uh, so once we had our ARV at 330 and we ended up getting once, once we sold uh, to 371. So it was kind of almost dollar for dollar of the 41,000 that we sh- overshot the budget. We got it back on our ARV. Nice. What nice. was that? What, I'm trying to, I'm not doing the math in my head. I'm, I'm lost. What, yeah, so what, what, was, your your, final... what was your profit? 
uh, the profit was 47K, 47,000. And you split that with your partner. Yeah. Funny story about that. Again, going back to the partnership thing, uh, I had one friend when I told him, hey, you know, we got this deal and we got it done. And, you know, I said, we, you know, he's like, ah, how much did you make? I said, 47K. And he's like, oh, what do you do with your partner? I said, no, we split a 50 50. He's like, oh, that must have been tough to get to write him that check. And I was thinking to myself, man, we, we wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been here without him. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, and, and funny thing is, when we closed that deal, uh, we also uh, closed a wholesale deal on the same day from the same seller that we purchased that property. Really? So, Wait. Okay. So, you, the same seller that you bought that you purchased that one, you did a wholesale deal. Correct. Wow. Okay. Tell us That's about cool. that real quick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You tell us about that real quick. I mean, what'd you end up? Why didn't you end up flipping that one? Why'd you wholesale it? So that property was around the corner from the one that we did. And uh, so we purchased this one for 154. He didn't want to let this one go for under 160. He was pretty adamant. Uh, the location was not as good as our first one. Our first one had 1,700 plus square feet. This one had about 1,300 square feet. And we just knew how much work. And there was just, there was just a ton of issues that we came across. And uh, the situation, how they treated their properties wasn't, wasn't the, they, they just tons of er, er, deferred maintenance across the board. They were evicting both of their tenants. So there were a lot of issues in both the properties. And we just knew the risk was too great for that. So we had it under contract while we were doing our inspection. I was kind of shopping out the deal to a couple of people um, that uh, I had got some, I guess I built my buyer's list, so to speak. I'll tell you how I got that in a second. And so I sent it to one person and he's like, oh, I got a buyer for you. So um, we, the person who referred the buyer, we wholesaled that for 185. So I gave him a 10K and we took 15K on that wholesale deal. Nice. So nice. 15 grand, that's, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's that's not bad. I mean, what's cool about your story is that a lot of people get involved in real estate. Their first deal, their first two deals, whatever, like they lose <laughs> money on the first one or two. Uh, and that's why I generally don't recommend people, um, you know, if you don't have a lot of money to get started, like let's quit your job and go and flip a house and that'll be the income I'm going to live on is the success of that flip. And I usually tell people, you'll probably lose money on your first flip. Uh, it's, it's very, very common. So I think that's awesome that you didn't. Um, yeah. do you, I mean, what would you attribute that to? Like why, why did you succeed on on your first, both your first wholesale and your first. He's a CPA, man. Those guys are in <laughs> on the tenant, dude. Jeez, can, can you not tell? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, what do you think? That, that's probably true. It is true. I mean, we're, 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 we're a certified pain in the, you know what, that CPA stands for. So, Self-acknowledged, I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. George and I are pretty conservative. Um, so again, I mean, we, we don't, we don't subscribe to eraser math, which, you know, if you're doing your underwriting and you're just saying, ah, you know, I, I, I don't need to calculate this cost in, or I don't need to calculate that. Now, again, we, we didn't know everything, you know, again, not, not all 41,000 that we overshot our budget was due to opening walls. I mean, you know, there were unexpected costs that we had and, you know, some, you know, bad contractor, you know, subcontractors and, you know, so on and so forth. But um, but we stay pretty conservative with the numbers. I mean, the you know, a lot of the brokers were kind of telling us, you know, that that house, you know, you'll easily get 340, 350 for ARV. And we're kind of like, I was like, I, I don't see that support for, for those numbers. I'm like, I see plenty of houses kind of in that 330 mark. And I'm not going to, you know, lean towards the ones that did really well. I'll yeah. lean towards the crappy ones that or the ones that didn't sell for the sell for so much again whether it's a short sale or whether you know there might have been less square footage but you know maybe it was a better location and so again we we stayed pretty conservative for that and again another another smart thing there you know i i think uh if if all investors were to do that and be conservative with their numbers you know overshoot your rehab cost undershoot what you're going to walk out with you know and and odds are you're probably going to do better than you know, the over the under, right? So, so I think that's, uh, I think that's great. Um, really quickly on the rehab, you you talked about the the subcontractor issues. I'm just curious, what were those issues and how'd you overcome them? Uh, so, so George could, uh, it was really involved. I mean, I guess kind of the, the, delegation of duties was I would really do everything. Uh, well, not everything. I mean, George was, you know, with me, we we're kind of together, uh, um, from the beginning, but I was really handling all of our marketing. Um, I was, you know, taking all the calls, uh, do, you know, 
uh, finding, you know, looking into ARVs. Um, and, you know, George's kind of role is, you know, once we, once the acquisition, once we've done with the acquisition process, he would take over and, you know, again, for lack of a better word, GC the job, although he wasn't the GC. So he could speak a little bit more to, you know, some of the subcontractor things. I mean, you know, some of the, you know, common issues that we paid, you know, we paid some of the people, you know, too early in the process and they didn't, come, you know, bother showing back up, although, they did, but you know that cost us two weeks. One quick tip that we kind of learned as we're doing our second rehab, uh, well, just finishing it up, is um, again George is handy, and he spent a lot of time on the job, you know, swinging a hammer. And I think because we, you know, we kind of didn't see the big picture at that point, that also cost us, you know, some dollars by hit. again, it, it, it saved us money, obviously, too. But I think, you know, being able to look at it and, you know, we, we spoke a lot about this to scale our operations up. It's like, hey, you, you can't be swinging a hammer and doing this. And, you know, we have to take into your, co- your, your costs into account. So um, those were probably the two big takeaways. That's great. Nice. That's yeah, great. Yeah, really good, really good stuff. Cool. Brandon, I know you had some some thoughts. Well, I just um I mean, I don't know, I had a lot of thoughts in there, but one of the things you said earlier about the racer math, I wanted to touch on that for a second. Cause you know, that's something that people do a lot. And that's something that I've I'm I've been guilty of many times. Like I I've told the story a, a number of times about this. It was like a single family house or the duplex. We decided to turn into a single family house. And uh, on episode 92 of the podcast, I told that story. And I, uh, yeah, we tried to sell it for 170, ended up selling for 125. I wasted two years of my life. It was a miserable thing. And <laughs> one of the things that fault there was the eraser math. Like I looked at like, what all, does that mean, guys? Because well, like, some people may not know. It's, it's just like fudging the numbers because emotion makes it, you know, better. Right. Yep. So like, just like you said, when you looked at there was a range between one or you said like what, 330 and 370. You looked at the 330 ones. So when I did that property, there was a range between, you know, 130 and 170. And I said, well, mine's going to be really, really nice. So I think 170, right? <laughs> like that. And I think even it was more like 130 to 160. And I was like, well, mine's going to be really nice. And my agent was like, yes, it is. We can get 170. I'm like, yes, we can. And no, we can't because like that's eraser math. And that's what one yeah. of the things that got me in trouble. And, and that's one of the reasons I harp on people all the time is to use the bigger pockets calculators because it makes the eraser math. You know, there's no eraser on, on a computer, right? Like whether or not you use the bigger pockets one or a really fancy Excel one. The fact is like when you do the numbers uh, on paper and you have other people look over them, those things really help to get rid of that emotional eraser math. So yeah. anyway, that's why I push on that stuff all the time. And, uh, and you can find point. those calculators at uh, biggerpockets.com slash analysis. There you go. Yeah. So by the way, yeah. What huh? at the time of this recording or the oh, yeah. before around, we are actually announcing launching at some point. We either just launched or if you haven't heard about it, we're going to launch uh, <laughs> our wholesaling calculator. It's done. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Done. It's awesome. And you can find it at thebiggerpockets.com slash analysis if you were not aware. And it's really, really helpful. So um, sorry, I had to plug. Got to plug. Do it. Do it. All right. I'm going to go back to uh, That's where I learned all from plugs. It's- nice. <laughs> okay, good. Nice. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. 
Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high-tech sensors that detect break-ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24/7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers a targeted 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split with 70% of net profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, are first in line to get paid. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of a physical asset mitigate downside risk. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by directing your funds from Wall Street to Main Street and supporting local economies. The investment is reserved for accredited investors. Don't miss this opportunity to back Main Street over Wall Street and start earning passive real estate income. Learn more about investing with Pine at pinefinancialgroup.com BP. pinefinancialgroup.com BP. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then, when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You, you got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light doc and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Um, I want to go back to uh, some specifics uh, to kind of dive in a little bit deeper on some of the stuff that you've done that that intrigues me, mainly direct mail. Um, can we kind of dive into like your numbers? I mean, like that's something that we hear about a lot on the podcast. A lot of people talk about using it successfully, uh, but it's nervous. I mean, it's nerve wracking to go and take all that money and just throw it into the mail and hope something comes. So and you said that at first you just kind of, you know, half did it and didn't really get a great response. And then you all of a sudden got a good one. Uh, so can I ask, like, what did you do that made that better? And what kind of response is good? Like, what do you mean by good? Can, can you go to the details on that direct mail? Good sure. Questions. So, sure. So the first res- the first mailer that we did, um, I found a tip on YouTube. Uh, people people did is they just took a uh, a blank white paper, wrote on it, and um, made photocopies, just leaving out the person's name and the address of where they would buy, and they would put it onto. Uh, I guess it could be yellow or white letters. Doesn't make a difference, and it would just and it would just sort of run. So you know, George and I were sitting there writing out the names and the addresses and writing out the uh, the things. And aside from the fact that I mean, we can't tell you exactly what our response rate was. It just at the time we also just, I I just didn't take it as seriously as I should have. Um, but, uh, on top of that, it was just way too time consuming. Um, the second time around, and I don't have the numbers to track, uh, what our response rate was from that first mailing. Uh, the second time around, uh, again, I got a lot of tips from the BP podcast. Um, like I said, as I was driving, um, I would just talk, you know, I just pause the podcast, talk into my phone, just say, Hey, that's, that's a really good tip. Uh, it, what one, for example, I think was, um, I, I believe it was Jerry Puckett who he said, you know, we use these, uh, again, I can't remember if it was bright color or, you know, different color envelopes and it just stands out in the mail and people open it. And, you know, it, it's just a, a little more personal uh, than a typical white letter. Um, so we did that. I went to Staples or have the self-stick adhesive uh, mailers. We bought a ton of those. 
um, just put some, you know, kind of, I spent a lot of time um, with, with uh, getting our mailer down and kind of the words and what we did. Uh, our response rate has been, I, I think we mailed out about 3,000 to date or maybe a little more. So it's not a tremendous sample size, but we've been getting about an 8 to 14% response rate on each mailer. That's good. That's, That's good. Not bad. Yeah. And they're, they're letters. They're not postcards, right? They're actually letters in an envelope that you're sending out, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And did you consider the postcard idea? And what? And if not, I mean, why did you go with the letter over postcard? So it, it's a great question. It's one. It's one thing that I think about a lot. Um, I I can't remember who said it, but uh, I believe it was on one of the podcasts. Someone said, you know, the postcards are great because it really eliminates a lot of the tire kickers out there. You know, you really only get the serious leads and it's a lot less money. And I think that's a great rat. And I think that's great reasoning for me. uh, I I would say one of my bigger strengths is talking to people. I'm not someone I never was someone on a sales call that could, you know, nail something down on the first one. I more look to build relationships and, so the first deal that we got, and again, I can talk about a few others, were really once the person called kind of, you know, even they may have been a tire kicker to some or they may have been someone that wouldn't really have responded through a postcard because they weren't really looking to sell at the time. But it was just, you know, once I got it, it was like, hey, you know, are you looking to sell and just, you know, just being persistent every week and I'd either send them a text or give them a call. And, you know, a lot of times it was, uh, you know, four letter words and stop calling me or, <laughs> I, t- or I told you my kids are doing the house. So, uh you know, don't, you know, don't bother me anymore, but Hey, you know what, if they, uh, until they tell me that I'll keep, I'll keep calling them or texting. Yeah. Nice. Relentless, yeah. relentless. That's awesome. Yeah, I have a great uh, little quick story here, uh, but we're you, kind of, we're, you don't have any quick stories. <laughs> that's true. It's a long story. <laughs> Let's hear it. But it's a non-business minded friend of mine who was in his master's program and he was just way too busy to date. And so this was about 10, 10 years ago when MySpace was popular. And what his methodology was, hey, I'm going to go out and uh, every night send out 100 messages to girls on MySpace. And, you know, and, and he was kind of telling me about this and his response rate was about 10%. And of the 10%, seven of them are like, Hey, Joe, I told you to stop sending me this message. This is the ninth time you're sending it to me. And of the other, you know, two or three, I mean, he, he, get his dates and he just didn't have time to, you know, date traditionally. So this is what he was doing. And I was like, that's brilliant. That's what we're going to do in our mailers. It's like, you know, so we get people that are like, Hey, you know, four letter words, like stop mailing or, but you just got to know that it's a numbers game. That's funny. I think, I think, I think there's a fine line between stalker and email marketer. I think your buddy errs on the side of stalker with the MySpace thing, just a little bit, just a little bit. But but it. Works. I wish I had thought of that back in the day. Man, <laughs> well, well, he, well, he wasn't. He wasn't, uh, you know, going to each profile. He was just, again, mass marketing. Just, you know, he would just copy and paste. It was just like he, he wasn't saying a name. Hi, my name is Joe. I'd like to get to know you, and that was it. That's funny. Well, hysterical. Funny. Yeah. Hysterical. We, 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 That's I, a- I wish. I wish I had like a <laughs> dating podcast because I want to. I want Joe on the show. That's awesome. <laughs> I know I want to like split test that now and like do all these you know like have have them say one message versus another and like do all these marketing <laughs> techniques with with picking up girls wow amazing okay okay so we talked about the direct mail a little bit um uh, I had another question and now I'm drawing a blank so Josh anything you want to jump well, in on yeah 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 uh, well I'm gonna move past direct mail right. if we we need to come back we'll come back um in in the notes here talk, it talks about you being in the early stages of uh, moving into office buildings, I, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. You know, you're you're still pretty damn new at at real estate. So, what's got you interested in getting into office office real estate? And tell us a little bit about kind of where you're at. Sure. So, big picture is kind of uh, I'd, I'd like to be a commercial buy and hold investor. Refer to commercial as in more in the mortgage sense of you know multifamilies included in that. And so. The office building, it's not necessarily that we want to be, want to be in office buildings per se, but uh, one of the properties that we acquired, the, the second one that we're working on, what is, uh, was also the seller also owns an office building actually right next door to the property. And I would text her pretty much every week, if not more, and just say, hey, are you looking to sell the office building yet? You know, we'd like to buy. And, you know, it was no, no, no. And all of a sudden, one day it was, you know, we're ready. So we're still in the due diligence stage. There are some things that have come up that you know we weren't aware of before. So it's still to be determined whether that deal will go through or not. But 
bit bigger picture. I mean, that that's kind of you know we're we're always we're always looking to. Um, I, I don't want to say move to that space because I don't see any reason that we can't flip and you know make this a scalable business while we're doing bigger deals. Gotcha. Sure. Okay. Okay. And you know, re- really quick, you're doing marketing as you're you're not a wholesaler by definition, right? No. Okay. So what, what's interesting, you know, I think Brandon and I have had this debate a lot, you know, which, which is, you know, hey, you know, the only people who are out there marketing, doing the direct mail are wholesalers. And that's typically what you hear. I love that you're the guy who's not really focused primarily on that and you're doing the marketing, yep. um, using it for rehabbing, potentially buy and hold and, and everything else. And I think that's something that um, – buy and hold folks and, and, and flippers should be listening to like, you know, Hey, you don't have to just wait for the wholesalers to come up with deals or to find these off market deals. If you're out there doing your own marketing, they're going to come to you as well. You just have to, you know, be like Jonathan over here and his buddy, the MySpace uh, stalker, who <laughs> just go, 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 call, 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 call until they say yes or no. So I think, uh, I think it's awesome. Uh, I was just going to say, and I think it goes back to your point originally, Brandon, about, you know, about partnering and where to look for partners. I mean, if, if you know, if you have complementary skills, uh, which George and I have, and George has tremendous skills on the financial side and acquisition side. I mean, he's he's fantastic on that side, uh, but just more of our delegation is he's more on the, you know, the rehab side of things. Um, I mean, that might be a good way for people to start. I mean, if you have, if you're a wholesale and you say, Hey, I want to, I really want to rehab because I really want to make more money and you're a rehabber and you say, Hey, I want to be on the wholesale side. It also hedges your bets a little bit, right? I mean, I, I have, uh, you know, George is financially invested throughout the deal, you know, as, as am I. So we're really communicating back and forth the whole way through making sure that it's, you know, that it works on both ends. Yeah, that's great. Nice. You, you, awesome. you, like you said, I, I love partnerships. I love. I, I think that's one of the most valuable ways to invest in real estate, especially if you don't have a lot of money to get started. Uh, and just when you're not good, I mean, nobody's good at everything. I mean, I'm not good on the phone. I don't really like it. And so, like, if I was going to jump in to be a wholesaler, hands down, I would have somebody else answer the phones because I just don't we need this guy. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> would answer the phones for me. I would just. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can put together the financing pretty well, but I yeah, it's the phone stuff. I just don't like people. <laughs> no, so I think that's great. And going back to Josh's point where you just said about like, um, you know, only wholesalers typically do direct mail. But man, like if you do like the numbers, like, you know, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of planning future, right? Like I love the idea. Like I wrote that book that's in the bigger pockets file place called like seven years to seven figure wealth. And it like, it's like my seven year plan for if I buy this property and then I buy this one and then I buy this one and I buy this one and I, you know, fold them all into the next one and blah, 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 blah. Right. I love that, that forward thinking, let's plan the next seven, 10, 15 years. The reason I bring that up is because the idea of adding direct mail marketing into that can like, rocket off your results so much faster than what normal people do. If you're paying market rate and you got to wait for the market to climb up as a buy and hold investor, imagine if you can get 20, 30, 40, 50% off of a deal uh, and then go forward from that point and and try to do those long-term. It's it's amazing how fast you can grow when a buy and hold investor applies the flipping or wholesaling principles to their business. It's crazy. So it's cool to see that you're doing it. Um, Cool. I want to I want to wrap up with one more question before we head on to like the famous four and all that. And maybe we've kind of touched on this throughout this podcast a few times. Uh, but I want to know: is there anything else you can you can add to what is Bigger Pockets? You know, how has Bigger Pockets helped you in your business? Like anything you want to add on to that? Just because I like hearing people talk about us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's I mean it's it's hard to say. It's a it's a there's a laundry list of things that it's done it's it's been really you know one of the driving factors of how our business has succeeded like i said i mean i've met my partner there i've learned um really how to value deals i've learned uh, who you're on the spot boy come on yeah <laughs> it's okay you know uh, you know, oh, there's, I, there's I, no wrong answer here just say I, just say you like hearing brandon's voice and i think i'll yes. be happy well, I told I did tell him that at one of the meetups that he came to in New York. I was like, Brandon, I, I listen because I, I listened to the podcast, you know, especially when I got started, really just about every every chance I could get. If I'd be taking my daughter to school, I'd listen to the podcast. If I'd be shaving, I listened to the podcast. Obviously, when I was driving, I listened to the podcast. And it was just, you know, easy ways. I wasn't I wasn't, you know, because I, I the way I look at bigger pockets and it's, you know, really a, one of the biggest tools for our success um, in our business. 
but I, I, I really, and I, you know, I encourage people that are on the site to use it as a supplement. You, you got to take action and consult with Bigger Pockets. Uh, you know, being on Bigger Pockets all day, I mean, it's a lot of fun and it's great, and you'll meet some amazing people. Um, and I think to get started, it, it's worthwhile. You know, to, you, you need to know the education piece, but at some point, you got to get out and you got to get started. Ah, we're having technical difficulties. I'm sorry, <laughs> this message can't be relayed. What? Hey, what, well, what was he talking about, Brandon? I don't know. I, I don't. I are don't you, know. What? Are you drunk, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think your point uh, is you are correct. Right on. You are correct. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just, you know, I, <laughs> no, you, you were didn't. totally speaking counter to everything that I told you. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, he's he's right. You got to get out. You can I mean, you really can't just sit and sit and sit and think and think and think. At some point, you got to pull the trigger. Brandon talks about it every other episode. And uh, uh, apparently just shot me with his little <laughs> finger gun. I pulled the trigger. Uh, Come on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's, that's really, really good advice. And, and I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad the site's been so valuable to you and your business. And that's great. It's really great. What, one other thing I'd like to add that, I, you know, that was a great tool is I started a meetup. Again, I think it was one of the quick tips or whatever it was, um, you know, became a pro member. That was, that was, pretty, that was pretty fast. And Ted, I dove into that. And that's been amazing. I've been able to post things in the marketplace. I've been able to um, po- you know, really start this meetup. I, I, you know, that's one of the benefits, I think, of the pro member account that you could post in the meetup uh, spot. And uh, we've had, I think there was times where we had uh, maybe even over 40 people there. Wow. Uh, one one of the people that that's come that's uh, one of the first you know, books I read in real estate um, was Frank Gallinelli. It uh, is uh, semi regular at some of the meetups, so that's that was uh, that was a nice endorsement. Yeah, Frank's awesome. awesome. Frank yeah, that's awesome. great. That's really cool. Well, that's yeah. and and that's awesome. You know, you're he, here's what happens, right? You you know, you have the option to go and attend other meetups, other groups. You said, you know what, I want to have a group. I'm kind of the guy who people think of as the connector, right? So you become the connector. Now everybody knows you. Everybody in your area sees you as the man and turns to you when there's opportunities. I think it's a fantastic idea. If, you know, I mean, if you're a real estate investor and there's not a meetup or even if there is a meetup, there's room for two, three, four, five meetup in areas. You know, have your own, put put your own spin on it. You become kind of the master of that domain, and it's great for business. So, you know, great, great idea, great idea. And I'm glad again that the site, you know, kind of came in handy to help you uh, do that. That's awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. By the way, I got an email from some somebody who's an English teacher, and she said to me, "You know, Josh, you and Brandon say this awesome word." And as Brandon is holding up, <laughs> I told her I was going to print it out the list. <laughs> We've got wonderful. impressive, remarkable, awe-inspiring, formidable, stunning, wonderful, striking, mind-blowing, grand, unbelievable, outstanding, stupendous, superb, marvelous, phenomenal, magnificent, all good, and swell. Well, that was a magnificent <laughs> quote. That we're was gonna... a superb email from that lady. So we're going to attempt to use more vocabulary. Yeah, I love that. That's funny. I actually meant to talk to you about that, Josh. I was going to joke with you earlier. We never touched on it. That's funny. Yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, um, moving on. We got to get out of here. Uh, Let's go to the world famous. Famous for. By the way, this is show 107 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. And you can check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 107. That you can. All right. Famous Four. Uh, you know what these are. You listened to the show a few times, so I probably don't even need to say it, but I'm going to. What is your favorite real estate book and why? I added so I'll, that. I, I, I'm going I'm to name two just because I think, I think both have been really important. Um, the first one is Jay Scott's book on flipping houses. Yeah. Uh, that was a, a very actionable book that uh, you know, really gave us solid step by step on what to do. And, you know, you don't need to read the whole book to start taking action. You can, you know, go chapter and start doing it. And he gave a lot of good tips, I think, also on wholesaling, which you wouldn't think of. Uh, so that was very um, instrumental in us starting out. Uh, also, Frank Gallinelli's book on, uh, yeah. I have it written down somewhere because it's a pretty long title. Yeah, uh, cash flow. I forget the whole title. What, what every real estate investor needs to know about cash flow and 36 other key financial measures. See, jo- Josh makes fun of me because my title is so long with the how to invest in real estate with no and low money down. Frank's <laughs> yeah. takes the cake on that, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let you and Frank have a title off. We might. Next book is going to be like 400 words. All right. Very good. All right. Very good. Uh, awesome. Business awesome. book. Right. Business I stole book. It what is me. your favorite business book? 
and why? So, so I'm also going to say two over here. Uh, I, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie yep. was great on just it's just relationship building i mean uh, just one quick there's a a poker tip that i love it's you know poker is not a game of cards played with people it's a game of people played with cards and i think the same thing applies to real estate it's it's really it's not a game of you know properties played with people it's a game of people so you know be good to people learn learn how to treat people um and i think you know that that's that's a lot of what dale carnegie's you know book talks about um so i love it what else you got stupendous (laughs) <laughs> striking <All> stunning right. <laughs> yes yes all right and the so, second one and, and, and the other and the other one is a little it's a little off the cuff here but I, I think you know for for wall street journal just reading the paper it doesn't need to be every day but it's really it, it just it shows you how to run a business it's it's really the big players what are they doing it debt and equity and everything else that you need to know. I, again, it's not something I know it's not a sexy, fluffy kind of book that people are going to go out and be inspired. Um, but it's it also helps to know what's going on in the world, especially when investing in real estate. Nice. I nice. love it. You know what I would say? You know, one of the things I used to read when I was, I was like 16. I, you can I, read? I, yes. <laughs> Uh, boy, <laughs> when I was 16, I came across the uh, Forbes and it was like sitting somewhere and it was the Forbes 400 or something like that. And I, I just got to reading it and I was like, oh my God, this is so inspiring. I read the stories of like the richest, the richest lists. Um, and every time it came out every year, I got, you know, excited until, you know, I knew every richest person in the world and their stories weren't new to me, but like hearing these new stories for me was always really inspiring. So, you know, it, it's kind of similar to wall street, but, you know, just hearing kind of, Hey, this guy started with, you know, one donut shop and now he's got Dunkin' Donuts, you know, the biggest franchise on the planet. How do you do it? Figuring it out. Anyway, a little, little offset, but great. Nice. Awesome. Hobbies. What do you do? For fun. Um, I do expensive things, so I don't get and time consuming, so I don't get around to doing them as much as I'd like. Uh, travel, skiing, and golf. Nice, nice, and I love and obviously love spending time with family. Fantastic. Where do you ski? Uh, on the ice coast. The ice coast. What's nice. The, what's the ice coast? That's east coast. All those ski slopes are made of ice. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very different skiing back east versus skiing in the west. It's it's oh. like night and day. Yep. That's yeah, I grew up, I grew up in Miami, so it's it's been something I've taken up in the last six years. Uh, so, oh, it's... cool! I used to ski race, and for those of you who don't know that about me, I was I was a little ski racer back in New York, and so uh, I raced. I was on the Hunter Mountain ski team. Wow! Nice. <laughs> yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting, cool. All right, Brandon. Final question. Let's let this guy get out of here. All right. What do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? So I, I've, I've heard this question, I, I don't know, like I said, 106 times plus another, you know, 30 <laughs> on repeat or something like that. I'll, I'll, I'll try to give a little different, a little bit of a different spin on here. I, I think there's really three different personalities in the question. I think there's people that never get started, people that give up and people that fail. Uh, there's a million reasons for each of them. Um, and obviously, again, every, every situation is different uh, for people that take action, uh, for people that never get started. You got to take action, use BP, educate yourself and go out there. You know, like I said before, use BP as a supplement. It's great. Every step of the way they're there, they have answers for you. And that's kind of what it's been for us. It's taken us from the beginning, you know, to kind of where we are today. For people that give up, again, we've spoken about this a lot. There's real estate encompasses so much. Use partners. I mean, don't you know? It, it's so important to get that experience. I mean, after our first deal, just a, just a quick tidbit here. I've had people come out of the woodwork saying, "Hey, I heard you did your first deal. Uh, let me know when the next one is. I got I got money to invest." And I was trying. I was looking for so many people in our first deal to get money for, and it's like you know, all of a sudden we did that first deal and, you know, we're, we're experienced investors all of a sudden. So, um, you know, don't, again, my advice here, and I know it's hard to say, but don't worry about how much money you're going to make on that first deal. You know, if you need to make a little less and give, and give one of your partners a little bit more, if that's how you can get started, because it's so easy to give up. There's so much, there's so much going on in this space. And for people that fail, again, spoke about this too, reputation's everything, you know, be good to people. You know, it, it, you may, you may lose a little in the short run, but it really comes back. People know who you are. They'll want to work with you. So those are kind of the three things that I would say for to answer your question. I love and it. I, I will tell you that I, 106 shows, that is probably my favorite answer to that question. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was fantastic. Nicely done. 
Well Thank done. You. Well done. All right, Jonathan, where can people find out more about you? Uh, Bigger Pockets, best place to reach out to me. And okay. you, you can find me there, email me, uh, message me, and ask me anything. Be happy to help as much as I can. Cool. Fantastic. Well, listen, thank you so much for being on the show. We really, really appreciate it. And best of luck to you going forward. We're excited to hear about the progress. And I know you'll be sharing updates with everybody on the uh, success story. So thanks for being a part of our world and for coming on the show. You, you, you went from listener to guest. See, look at that. It is possible. It is possible. Nice. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you so much, guys. All right, guys. That was show 107 of the Bigger Pockets podcast with Jonathan Makovsky. Jonathan, thanks again for being on. We really do appreciate it. Again, Brandon. That was stupendous. It was good. Superb and marvelous. Wow. I might even call it phenomenal and magnificent. Why don't you give a shout to the nice lady who who gave us uh, those? (laughs) Oh, apparently you don't know. I forgot her name as well. Uh, Amanda, I think. All right. Well, we'll be props to Amanda or whatever her name is for the awesome list. We're sorry that we forgot. Should we we re-record this? No, keep going. Keep going. I'm going to figure her name out here in just a second. We're going to figure it out. All right, guys. Listen, thanks again for listening. Amanda. Uh, I was right. Amanda. See, I pay attention. Amanda Cook, you're awesome. Nicely done. Nicely done. And if you guys have tips for helping us out, we're always open for it. We are looking for some jingles to improve the show. So if anyone wants, (laughs) wants to put together a jingle for the show, Put it together, send it to Brandon or I, Brandon at Bigger Pockets, Josh at Bigger Pockets, and hit us up. Otherwise, as I say every week, if you are not already a member of Bigger Pockets, jump on, get active. The show with Jonathan is, is proof as to why you should do that. It's an amazing place, if I do say so myself, but uh, it has nothing to do with me at this point. It's all about you guys, the listeners, the community, and uh, we love it, and you guys, uh, you guys are amazing. So, Thank you for being a part of our world. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash biggerpockets, YouTube, youtube.com slash biggerpockets, twitter.com slash biggerpockets. And, uh, you know, give us a shout wherever you are. That's it. Spread the word. BP Nation, thanks for being here. We'll see you next week. I'm Josh Dorkin, signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.